0: Any e-commerce operator who is early into the adaptation and use of any new tech that's unlocked by these marketplaces has a first-mover advantage on the marketplaces.
1: We
2: are Michael Veazey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today, and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, TheEcommerceLeader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? EVA predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. EVA serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. That's amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. Hey folks, welcome back to The E-Commerce Leader. Today we had another hot takes panel discussion with Chris Green, Jason Miles, Chris kyle hamer over in the states and myself michael Visa over in london england and we discussed the latest updates from amazon from kyle's been at the amazon accelerator converse or accelerate conference i should say and uh, really what the implications are for people who sell on amazon but also those who sell off amazon in their own direct-to-consumer website lots of interesting changes and today we're really knocking around why is amazon doing this and what are the implications for us as e-commerce operators so interesting stuff very important as jason says to stay up to date with the latest updates. And so this is us keeping you up to date. Enjoy the show. Hey,
0: so we should talk about the buy with Prime thing, because that's a hot topic in my view.
3: I love buy with Prime. It's, it was a little complicated to set up. They actually we had to do like a screen share and like copy code and inject it in the liquid theme. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. It took a while. We had to like keep pasting in different places before we found out to make it work. So it's definitely like early in terms of, I guess not the super easiest thing to integrate, but it works and it's tied to your FBA inventory. I think it's complicated enough that a lot of people are going to sleep on it, but it's simple enough that the ones who actually put it together are going to be like, this is ridiculous. And to me, it's just very ingrained in me at this point to give my customers the prime experience. And if I can give them that with my own products and collect my own customer information, it's like the dream come true. I don't see a world, the foreseeable future. I will sell something without the prime experience and the fulfillment. Where do you um, have it installed right now? What Shopify I changed it to book.sale, which is like a coming out party. Nobody knows that I bought the domain book.sale. Okay. Yeah. So I put the Shopify site up there. It only has the two products, one that's not prime eligible and one that is it's got a nice big prime eligible button. And I'm trying to, this week, figure out how to like run a promotion where because I want people to join the Author Printer Challenge by buying the Author Printer Blueprint from my Shopify store through the buy with prime button. So they get prime. I'm still playing around with like how to do, if I could do like a special, like a discount or a price thing and how mm-hmm. that information is going to come through. But that's where I want to funnel the sales. And yeah, I got big, we could do a whole other episode about book.sale.
0: Yeah. Nobody knows I bought that. You guys are the
3: first three people to know that I bought that. Don't
0: there you mind? go. Top secret. Here's my thesis on the buy with prime thing. I think it's chess. I think they're playing chess with Shopify. I oh, think definitely. they knew that as soon as they released that, as a code option, that it would violate Shopify's TOS, and that Shopify would clamp down on it. And I think they did it because they want WooCommerce or BigCommerce or the WordPress derivative e-commerce sites to be the alternate choice for Amazon sellers and shift away from Shopify. I think it's a. I think it's a chess move, and they thought mm. two steps ahead because it's clearly it clearly Shopify immediately said this is a violation of our two terms of service if you do this y- your account will be in jeopardy of closure on shop so they had to know that shopify was going to come back at them real fast with that so that means the shopify sellers will not do it if they have velocity on their shopify site they just won't nobody's going to jeopardize 10 20 dollars a month of sales velocity for installing Shopify uh, in a buy with prime but the but it's really the amazon sellers who won an off amazon op- option that I think it appeals to, and they then therefore will not go to Shopify. That's my little cloak and dagger thesis on what's happening right now.
3: I don't know. Can Shopify make that into their terms of service? It already is. They already yes. right. can they enforce it? Right? Like you can checkout. put a sign up that says no black people can come in our
0: <laughs> store, but you can't enforce <laughs> it. Uh, that's not the same thing at all. At, every one of these platforms has TOS.
3: But some compliant. of them can get non competitive and consumer protection.
0: No, and like, no
1: the,
3: the
0: term of service, service
1: issue is regarding checkout. Yeah. So they oh, I get that. Yeah. yeah.
3: I understand. I'd be surprised. I would be surprised if they enforced it. I, I won't share the numbers, but
1: a, there's a lot
3: of the buy with prime people that are using it are on Shopify.
0: I guarantee you that as soon as it becomes a shot across the bow and a few accounts get closed down, it will, they'll run like uh, roaches out of the roach motel because they, not to be negative about them, but they will flee from that because it's a real risk. Yeah. If they have big Shopify's why, and they think Shopify is going to shut them down for a TOS violation. That's really an unforced error. No way. They'll
1: never Here, do it. Here's where it's a weird thing though, because Amazon, I'm sure with the buy with prime, they're using Amazon Pay, which has been mm-hmm. around for years and years and years and mm-hmm. fully integrated into Shopify with no issue. So it's because I was, I saw a little bit what Shopify was saying about it, and they're like, it's a security issue. And Amazon's, we're using Amazon Pay. We've used it for the longest period of time on your stores, mm-hmm. but we don't see what the security issue is. So it, yeah, it'll too be far. They're pushing the envelope. So his so so yeah. And that's actually what's happening, Jason. That's the, the game that they're playing. I'm
3: yeah. begging people to come over because that Prime experience to, is bigger than Shopify. If I have to choose between my Shopify store with Buy With Prime or Here's the Buy With Prime at all, I'm choosing Buy With Prime on any other platform. I don't care. I have zero loyalty to Shopify. Here's the problem sophisticated e commerce
0: sellers that are off Amazon have already explored Big Commerce, WooCommerce, all the derivatives and alternates to Shopify, and have clearly crowned Shopify as the king forever, installed as the best. Off-marketplace, direct-to-consumer e-commerce system. It just is. There's honestly, there's no debate. I agree people with you, except for one baked, word, forever. Baked in well, right? But people who are baked into big commerce or WooCommerce are only there because of their legacy install and their brittle like connection to it. Shopify <laughs> won like 10 years ago. And everyone knows that. So now Amazon's trying to do something that gets Shopify to have a competitor. It's really it's a genius move. In my
2: a bit of feedback from I mean from the much more ignorant about the fine side of Shopify, I've had clients who base their business on Shopify, but most of the guys work with Amazon sellers. Some of whom are big on Shopify and their DTC site some of them uh, swear by WordPress, WooCommerce, they may be fools. That's a perception question that I'm not here to answer whether Shopify is the best or not. I know that you've yeah. got firm belief in more than I do, but it's a perception question, isn't it? If mm-hmm. of say, one, whatever, you've got 2 million Amazon sellers, maybe 100,000 of them are doing significant numbers that make it and move the needle. Okay, if of those 70% don't really care and are, like Chris, perhaps, rather platform agnostic, then it does become a genuine threat to Shopify if you get, or at least a substantial Mm -hmm. counterweight. So it's interesting that there's a difference between the experienced Mm -hmm. people and then the perception amongst people who don't have experience and don't have also a brand loyalty to Shopify as their platform. So agreed, it might be more of a problem for Shopify than the current situation, which, again, to your point. They're playing a masterly chess move, which is typical, by the way, of Amazon. That's why I'm asking, why is Amazon doing this? I was on to look at what are the drivers behind Amazon Actions or any of these big platforms in order to align myself with what's going to be a sustainable way of doing it rather than this going to last for three months. But this does look like a sustainable push they've got, there, a sustainable battle, which benefits us then in conclusion. Is that yeah, fair? In our prior conversations, I don't know if it'll be
0: on the podcast prior to this one, but Kyle, you've been using your FBA system inside the back end of your Shopify site to fulfill orders for a long Mm -hmm. time. So the technical steps of using the third-party seller tools to fulfill Shopify orders, Kyle, maybe you can explain the difference between what you've done for a long time. Yeah, for sure.
1: Essentially, so back in the day, it was a really smooth, easy, turn it on Shopify, plug in your FBA fulfillment, and you get one click button send stuff off to FBA and fulfill all your Shopify orders. It was super simple. In the last 18 months, Shopify and Amazon have said, "Yeah, actually, we're not going to support this natively anymore. This used to be this, we're friends, we're holding hands, not so much anymore. And so they actually deprecated the ability to do it at the level that they had. Now, what that means is that you had to use a third party, like a ship station, like a shipping easy to actually serve as the go between between Shopify and FBA. But multi-channel fulfillment still works really well. And you're going to be hard to actually beat it from a shipping cost standpoint. Like even if you are have your own 3PL warehouse, it's hard to beat Amazon's pricing to actually move products even um even multi-channel fulfillment, not through mm-hmm. as an FBA seller. So what I think is interesting about this VQO acquisition for them is that they basically are taking that and they're trying to scoop all that stuff back up again and uh, and really own that that multi-channel fulfillment through their platform. And what was also interesting about they that is that they're trying to build that into... Keeping like loyalty, even as an Amazon and keeping you plugged into their system, like the average price point for that shipping software that they bought was like $450 a month. And now as an Amazon seller, they're offering it to you for free. They're saying, hey, you get this as a free just being an Amazon seller. So stay with us. We keep selling on Amazon if you're a multi-channel seller and use this shipping uh, tool or this just this shipping software, and we'll actually give you mm-hmm. our discounted rate. So they're trying to bake them in a little bit more into it, and I, and I think that's in response to some of the breakup that they've had with so the Shopify's of the world and some of the other issues that they're facing.
0: So that's a play against ShipStation and Shipping Easy. But the founder of ShipStation and Shipping Easy have a new tool. I've just been getting sales materials about it. That's another alternate to those original products. And it's, it's like, they've created another new thing. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, Yeah.
2: So they're all in this cat and mouse game to try to figure out who controls shipping. But in a way, I kind of trust if I'm going to try and predict and, and what things to take advantage of, as you say, Chris, like I, the buy with Prime badge at the moment, there seems to be just no downside to it for us as DTC owners, unless, of course, to Jason's point, you get your Shopify site suspended to keep us posted on that. But apart from that major downside, now I, what interests me is to just make sure we align ourselves with the Battle of the Titans and benefit from it rather than getting crushed underfoot, so to speak. And I think that what is consistent about amazon's culture as you say, chris a violent change of culture in a way to share customer data with us as sellers which they never did and is the biggest reason to have your own dtc in many ways i think um but the overall amazon culture of trying to own the game and to buy something that somebody else would do as their entire industry like Creating entire movies in order to keep me a, as an Amazon Prime subscriber. And they create an entire movie studio that doesn't make a profit, <laughs> which is insane and, and has Hollywood quaking and fear and Netflix and whoever else is their competitors. And I guess doing the same kind of playbook with the multi channel fulfillment thing that you were saying, kyle that's gone from $450 cost to zero is consistent with Amazon basically in primitive terms, trying to own the internet or to own the infrastructure, to own the structures around e-commerce it's far you know it's, it's, i guess whatever you call it vertical integration whatever it is to own all the infrastructure around them that is yeah. consistent so if that's what they're playing in a way now i see what the game is i'm more inclined to play along with it i mean that's that's my kind of gut feeling
1: yeah, yeah i think it's really it, even some of the tool sets that obviously are currently even there on the shipping side like you get integration with amazon you get shipping automation you get you can brand your shipping right because you're have it set up through the VQO system, but they're also rolling out inventory syncing across Amazon, eBay, Etsy, Shopify, reporting and forecasting. So they're actually, it's actually going to do some forecasting for you, which you you typically end up paying for paying someone to do all that stuff for you as well. So they offer that as another free tool tied in as well with the Amazon data. If they can parse some of that for volume, that's a huge win as well, that they're going to then again, offer to free to sellers that are selling on it. So I think overall what my big takeaway from this is Amazon definitely wants to take more in the direct consumer space and kind of protect its protect its market share but also the result of that is I think that it actually improves some of the valuations if you have an Amazon focused brand like one of the downsides I think of having just a brand on Amazon was the fact it's only on Amazon, right? And there's no reason why you shouldn't have a D2C site, Shopify store, building your that's just good business and it increases that valuation of the business. But I think the having the ability to effectively email your Amazon customers, and I think having if they sort through the buy with prime on the DC side and can actually make it work and not cause too much of a blow up with Shopify. That might end up being a split and force some consumers to go a different path. I think that in Everly though, it raises the valuation potential of amazon focused businesses and i think that was my big oh that, that's interesting and to amazon's benefit because the bigger it can and more valuable it can make some of the ecosystem businesses that are that it runs on it's just a better benefit to amazon as a as an overall whole
0: that's interesting i've never thought about that so if you have the ability to email your customers in the amazon system then is your business more valuable if you're an
2: amazon seller I would say it de-risks it for sure. Yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons to have a DTC is to have a way to reach the your customers. Mm-hmm. In the end, I suppose it de-risks it in the sense that Amazon shuts your account down if you've got an email list of one hundred thousand people that have bought from you and other sure. products. Then you've got a you've got to de-risk there. Yeah, I agree with Kyle. And even operationally, it means you can keep the lights on hopefully during before you make an exit. Um, so what are your so that's an interesting takeaway. What are your takeaways, Jason and Chris? We ought to wrap this one up here. The big takeaways for Chris ahead.
3: I just like to buy with Prime. Like Kyle, multi-channel fulfillment's been around. It was 15 years ago. I think I did a presentation about multi-channel fulfillment and how it was incredibly underpriced. I met the MCF guys in Seattle and they were like, no one's ever told us our prices are too low. I'm like, I'll shut up about it if you want. The two day and the overnight options were something that back then sellers could not compete. It was amazing. And so having the Prime experience or having the option to do for the Prime experience on your site was great. But... Buy with Prime takes it a step further, where it's the Amazon login. It's one-click checkout. It's, just, it's so much simpler to set up you have your site and you say, look, if you buy, you're going to get the we ship with Prime, and you'll get it fast, and you know what you're going to expect. So it integrates just even more. So yeah, I'm camped on that in a big sense for uh, yeah, for the foreseeable future. At the same time, like hedging my bets, like, yeah, I don't care. Like, if they shut down my shop, I, say, I don't care. Like you said, Mike, align yourself with where the future is going and see like what moves they're making. You kind of use Jason's foresight to be like, what kind of chess are they playing and yeah draw from all our advice here i think we're all on on a similar page but seeing it from a different point of view and which is a good thing because if there are different sellers out there with different priorities and different platforms it's good to see what's out there where your competition might be and where you might want to take your business i can tell you
2: oh michael go ahead yeah I was just gonna say one reflection on that. Just is another way, just a theme that's emerging from what Kyle was saying and what you were saying, Chris, is for you, your Shopify site is a disposable thing. If it gets shut down, it gets shut down. For what you were saying, Kyle, the opposite, if you like, of an Amazon-focused business, if it has an email list or way to any forms of contacting the consumers directly or even followers prospective consumers then that adds to the value of it because it's more defensible so i guess one one of the things is where is a choice which is always the choice of where you put your focus what's your got to hang on to this defend it for your life and what are optional channels or things that are nice to have not much to have and I guess that this shifts the math of that a bit to the point that you're making there, Jason, about the, sh- the battle between Shopify and Amazon,
0: maybe. Yeah. No, I guess my summa- summation of this whole topic is any e-commerce operator who is early into the adaptation and use of any new tech that's unlocked by these marketplaces has a first mover advantage on the marketplaces. That's just a, that's an absolute for sure true. You might try something that they unlock And it doesn't really work well or it doesn't really produce anything materially for your business. But there are many examples and all of us could talk about each one of our own e-commerce sales growth where there was a feature that was unlocked. We tried it out. We saw early success. And then that success fueled us a step or two ahead, helped us with sales velocity and with positioning ourselves more effectively in terms of selling to our core customers. So I would just encourage everybody you can't gloss over the stuff you can't you got to lean into the new unlocked uh, aspects of these part platforms and marketplaces because there is extreme value there's upside value in the early adoption of those those pieces and uh, and what happens if you don't do that is you literally are trying to sell the same way we sold on ebay in 2007 or 2008 And if you don't take those tech steps inside these marketplaces, you'll end up being set up with an outdated set of steps, processes and tools that you just won't know what the current thing is. And you'll have competitors run you by and they'll just pass right by you and you won't even know how they're doing it. And it's because they've adapted the newest things. And that's just the reality of being current with the technology. It's one of the downsides, I guess you could say, of being in the
2: e-commerce space. But being current is incredibly valuable. Yeah, that leads me to a beautiful segue into first of all saying thanks to everyone for your thoughts, always an education to be part of this panel. I'm privileged to be here. If you want to stay current and make sure your competitors aren't passing you by, then you better stay. Tune to this channel. We are available at all good podcast stores near you: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We're on it. So do join us there and uh, subscribe to the show. And also, if you can give us a rating out five stars to let other people know that this is helpful stuff on Spotify or Amazon—sorry, Apple Podcasts—I should say—then that would be really great. And thank you so much for listening to the e-commerce Leader. That was the Ecommerce Leader podcast with Michael Vizi in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.